All right, Alexander, the big news coming out of Syria back in the Arab League. And this was expected, but now it's official. We've been expecting it for the past couple of weeks, but now it is official. And uh, the, the U.S. Is, is absolutely furious. The Biden White House is very upset with this development. But um, the Arab League, it seems like they don't... They don't really care. They're not so concerned with the uh, the warnings and and angry rhetoric coming out of Washington, which I think is a story in and of itself. But yes. um, Syria well, let's is talk, back in the Arab League. Let's talk about it because I mean that this is the end of the Syrian war. I mean, if you want to put your finger on the date when the Syrian war ended, this decision confirms it. Um, there is no real fighting any longer going on in Syria. There are certain areas of Syria which are still outside the Syrian government's control, but they are not controlled by insurgencies that are fighting the Syrian government. They are occupied, they're territories that are occupied by outsiders, by the Turks in the north and by the United States in the east. Now, the Turks are trying to disengage, they're trying to find ways of extricating themselves and leaving these territories and doing a deal with Damascus in order to achieve that. So that part of the war is going to end very soon. That only leaves the American-occupied territories in the east, which, straightforwardly, it's now just a question of the US being there. It's no longer, as I said, part of any kind of civil war. That is finished. Assad won. He survived. He survived with the help of the Russians and the Iranians. He came very close at one point to losing. He never panicked. He never fled. He never lost his cool. Apparently there were moments when the insurgents were just a, hundred, a couple of hundred metres from his palace, his residence, but he never left. He saw it out and he's won. And he's now reintegrated fully into the Arab League, the Arab family of nations. He's now once again best friends with, his, with the Saudis and all those. So he is the big winner in the Syrian war. The other big winner, of course, is Russia and, of course, Iran. And, of course, the Iranians now have their rapprochement with the Saudis going, and the Saudis have seen the way this has all worked out with Assad winning in the way that he did win, and they've changed their alignments. They've decided that they're going to distance themselves from the US. They're going to go with the Chinese and the Russians. They're going to rebuild their relations with Iran. They're going to seek peace with their neighbours. They're no longer prepared to work with the US in the way that they did. We've discussed that side of things extensively in our programmes. But this decision to readmit Syria into the Arab League which could not have happened without the agreement of the Saudis, that is conclusive. That seals both the fact that the Syrian war is over and that Assad has won and the realignment of Saudi Arabia away from the United States. Yeah, he, uh, he always uh, kept his cool. He never wore sweatshirts and green camouflage. He uh, he would make uh, public appearances with uh, with a suit and tie. 
there were no green screens. There were no big media productions. Um, the people, I think the Syrian people, I think it's fair to say they never turned on Assad either, even though they faced immense pressure as well to, uh, to turn on, on Assad. They stuck with it as well, and, and they showed that, uh, that they're not going to be intimidated either. I yes. mean, is that a fair assessment to make as well? It is, it is a completely fair assessment. I mean, he never lost his hold over the, Syrian, uh, over the Syrian people. On the contrary, the war consolidated his leadership of Syria. He, he has been seen by the Syrian people as the symbol of their struggle <laughs> against um, you know, the forces that were trying to overthrow him, which were backed by external powers. And it, it's ended up by making his position in Syria much stronger than it had been before. Now, in saying all of this, it's important to, says, to stress again that the war that happened in Syria had both external actors and internal causes. I mean, you know, we mustn't lose sight of the fact that there were many problems inside Syria. You can't start a war like this unless there were problems within Syria itself. And they clearly were. And we'll see how and whether Assad is able to address them in the long term. But over the course of the war, his leadership has greatly consolidated. He came to be seen uh, by the Syrian people, particularly the Syrian people in the cities, as the person who, as I said, was, was stood by them. As I say, he never ran away. He never lost his dignity or calm. And they, in return, stood by him. Yeah. So, what do the uh, what do the neocons and the neolibs do now? Because uh, they're not going to give this up oh, that easily, no. and they've come out with statements. The Biden White House has already expressed its anger, and it said that uh, they they don't believe that Assad is the person to be uh, governing the country at this moment in time. I mean, that was their first statement. It was no. There was no apology. There was no let's turn a new page in our relations. Um, none of that stuff. It was pretty much it was phrased a little differently, but it was pretty much Assad must go in just a different type of type of framing. But that was the response from uh, the Biden White House. Absolutely. Well, what, what, what do they do? Well, what do they do? Well, last Thursday, um, Thursday last week, um, Jake Sullivan disclosed that he was going to fly to to Saudi Arabia on Saturday. I don't know whether he did or not, but supposedly he was going to go. Blinken was going to go with him or was going to follow him. It's unclear what. And it's difficult to think that this had any other purpose other than to try to get the Saudis to change their decision or at least to postpone it. And clearly the Saudis said, no, they've made the decision to go ahead to readmit Syria into the Arab League. So if Sullivan did indeed go to Saudi, I'm not even sure that he did in the end, he said on Thursday that he would, um, then clearly they said no to him. I mean, he, he, he clearly failed in getting the, the Saudis to change their position. Um, by the way, there's a bizarre twist to that. Because he also said, Sullivan also said uh, in that, those comments he made on Thursday that um, he was going to be joined there by the Emiratis and the Indians and that the India, Indian government was going to help him 
help the US forge this new security relationship with Saudi Arabia in the Gulf. And Indian spokesmen have said, you know, we don't know anything about this. This is completely new to us. This is, you know, what's this all about? I mean, you know, MK Badrakuma has written about this quite, quite humorously. But, you know, the Indians were supposed to be part of all of this. But apparently nobody told them. So, was, I mean, they were going to send their own people to Riyadh, but, you know, for completely different reasons. And they're in the middle of forging closer relations with Iran. So the, the big story is the U.S., the administration, is sulking from the sidelines. As you said, no admission of error, no uh, um, acceptance that they, made any, they did anything wrong and made any mistakes, did anything that they shouldn't have done. So they're sulking from the sidelines and everybody is making deals around them. The Saudis, they might have entertained Sullivan or not, as the case may be, but they went ahead and readmitted Syria into the Arab League. The Indians are now talking to the Iranians. Everybody's cutting deals with everybody else. And the United States is out. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's huge news, and uh, I think the I, I think you're right. This is absolutely the the point in time where we can say that the that the conflict in Syria has ended. Uh, two more hurdles: Turkey and getting the the U.S. forces out of the yes. the northeast. I think those are the last two hurdles yes. that uh, that Assad has to overcome, and I, I believe they will do it. Uh, let's end the video uh, with with this question to you, Alexander. Very difficult question, but maybe you could summarize it. Uh, I believe 10, 15 years of a conflict against Syria, trying to regime change Assad. Why did the United States and uh, their partners, which was um, Turkey, Israel, uh, and Saudi Arabia, and maybe I'm missing some countries as well, but Qatar uh, let me know if I'm missing yeah. some countries. But why did all these countries... Hmm? Qatar played a big role at one time. Oh, Qatar. Okay, yeah. Yeah, okay. So why did all of these countries turn on Assad? Because there was a point in time, long, long ago, where Assad was actually having dinner with uh, with Kerry, with the Kerrys. Assad and his wife with Kerry and his wife. There was a point in time when Assad was having dinner with, with Erdogan. What changed? Why the vitriol? Why the hate? Why the decision to remove this man and to destroy his country? Yeah, yeah. Well, before I answer that question, I just wanted to just deal with those that put those those two loose ends that you said, the Turkish presence in Syria and the American presence in eastern Syria. The Turks want to get out. So this is now just a question of negotiations. It's a question of time. It's not even contingent on what happens in the Turkish elections, because whether it's Erdogan or the other, or his opponents, there is now a consensus in Turkey that they must disengage from Syria. So this is only a question of time. As for the American presence in eastern Syria, the important point to understand now is that with Syria readmitted into the Arab League, Assad is able to say, not only am I the legitimate president of Syria, and you have no right to be occupying that territory, but he has the support of all the Arab countries, because what the US is doing is, in effect, they're occupying Arab land. So you're going to start to see 
pressure from the other Arab states on the US to get those US troops out of eastern Syria. Now, it may take a while, may take a long time, but inevitably, eventually, they will go. So that's, that's what I wanted to say. Why did the US turn on Syria? Why did they turn on Assad? There is a very, very simple answer to this, and that is because Syria and Assad were, were allied to Iran. And there was this enormous concern that after the fall of Saddam Hussein, after the collapse of his regime in Iraq, following the 2003 invasion, um, that left a political vacuum, that Iran had filled it, and because of its alliance with Syria, that meant that the Iranians were able to start projecting their influence across the Middle East, including into places like Lebanon, and there was a very difficult war, uh, a border war between Israel and the Hezbollah movement in Lebanon in 2006, where Israel failed to make a breakthrough, largely because Hezbollah was getting armed support from Iran, which was passing through Syria, and that there was the feeling that if Assad wasn't prepared to end his alliance with Iran, then that, that alliance had to be broken by engineering this war in his country. So that, that was the ultimate cause. There were other reasons. There was oil. There, you know, there was an issue of pipelines, building pipelines across Syria. That's not to be underestimated. It is extremely important as well. But ultimately, in my opinion, from a neocon point of view, it was the geopolitics. It was the idea that you restructure the Middle East, you break the power of you know, the Iraqi regime under Saddam Hussein. Well, they achieved that. didn't turn out quite as they expected. Iran became too influential. You have to go after Iran, but you need to go after Syria first. So they went after Syria first, and it failed. Yeah. Okay, we will end it there. TheDuran.Locals.com. We are on Rumble, Odyssey, BitChute, and Telegram. And go to the Duran shop, 10% off. Use the code. Good day. Take care.